Hi, my name is Michael Cox, and you're listening to Michael's Office, a place which hosts my unfiltered, unscripted, and genuine thoughts about things going on in the entertainment world today. This week, I'll be having a guest over, another guest. His name is Jake Noble, and we'll be talking about himself. I'll introduce him, and we'll have some more topics that are tailored to him. So, please enjoy, and please step into my office. It is finally good to be back recording a podcast. I have missed doing this. It's been a while. And as I said before in the intro, I will be having a guest on this time, just like the last episode. Make sure to check the previous episodes on with the guests. And now I have my friend, Jake Noble. We've known each other for quite a while. um, And it's been really interesting. Personally, out of a whole friend group, I feel like he's the easiest to talk to. And I always come to him for uh, just when I want to talk to him about something or when I need to talk about something. He's usually the first person that comes to my mind when it comes to our little our little friend group that we have. And um, he's a huge wrestling fan like me. Um, and uh, yeah, so Jake... Noble, how would you describe yourself or introduce yourself to the listeners here? Uh, Facebook comedian, uh, <laughs> hopeless romantic trying to find a girl from a movie theater, <laughs> and a podcaster. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, so. Since you say you're a Facebook comedian, is it like, for you, was it like, oh, I'm just like, oh, I'm funny. Why don't I share that with the world? Or is it just like, it just, you said like thought something, oh, that'd be funny. And you just posted it just to be funny. Was it like, hey, I want to show people I'm funny. Or is it more like, I think I'm funny. I just want to post it because I think it's funny. So how it all happened is I've always wanted to be like a comedian in some way. And then mm-hmm. the whole movie theater thing, which I will elaborate on in a minute, I posted that and that got a ton of shares. And just after that, I started getting a ton of friend requests. And then I would just start posting just shower thoughts, I guess you could say, just, mm-hmm. just random randomness. And mm-hmm. those started getting traction. And then I've slowly died down on it because I have family and I explain to them at every family function what I, what I post. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it all started whenever I posted that post, whenever I was flirting with a girl at a movie theater who happened to sit next to me on accident, got to get her phone number, I made a big giant post and it turned into like technically nationwide. I had people uh, up in Washington actually messaging me asking if I found her and I started having people started having people message me randomly. Hey, have you found her, man? I shared your post. It was, it was weird. It was just a very weird. It was, I made the post as a joke. And mm-hmm. I went to bed and I woke up and it had over a hundred shares. And then I went to work and got off work and checked my phone and I had like 400 shares. So mm-hmm. that started that, that snowballed it really. I, I, I guess that's what really started it maybe, mm-hmm. but it's basically just me just posting whatever I want and just hoping people laugh. Cause that's what my main goal is just to make people laugh no matter what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just um, for that. Like you, a lot of people, like, it's not like maybe there is a trick for things to go viral, but it's just like when it comes to Facebook stuff, it's like, when people, when it's something as innocent as that, um, people kind of root for like the underdog or, or um, something as weird as like Storm Area 51, just the odd, like things people never expect to take off, usually take off. There aren't like, okay, I'm going to make this video and it's going to go viral. No. But it, it just happens. It, it, that's literally all I tell people because I have people ask me 
why isn't this post viral? It all really depends on who you're friends with. Like if you have like a friend, a family only Facebook, obviously aunt Karen isn't going to share your post about whatever. Like, I don't know, but like <laughs> what I do is I just, I have a separate Facebook for non-family members where I just spam the friend request button and just request anyone and everyone just so I can mm-hmm. pop up on their news feed and they can see my funny posts and then they'll share it. Like the one post where I, my manager asked me to get her a cookie cake and while I was at the store getting the cookie cake, I asked them to write two weeks notice on it. That got, <laughs> yeah, that got like 800 shares. And it was, it was even shared by a, a radio station, which I found that was probably like my biggest achievement or mm-hmm. I had a post reach 1000 shares over something stupid. It was a picture of Will Smith taking a picture on like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air intro. And I post that <laughs> loosens when they drive by the arch and that got a thousand shares. It really just depends on like who's on your Facebook and what time you post a picture or the post in general. Cause if you post one at like 10, 11 at night when everyone's going to bed or getting ready for bed and they're not on their phone as much, it's not getting much, it's not going to get much traction, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like those night owls who are like, like a post as soon as they see it. Um, That's how I like, because I know the struggle of making posts go viral. And if I see somebody trying extra hard to make a post go viral and I see something that's funny, I'll share it just to hope to get their, what's it called? Just so they can get their shine, I guess. Like, I guess I'm putting them over maybe. I don't know. Um, It also really depends which sucks about Facebook if you're sharing something on Facebook and hoping it goes viral. I've noticed that it all depends on like who you follow and who you like. So if you have a friend that is friends with you and like genuinely friends with you, but they don't like your posts all that often, they're not going to see it. And it sucks. You just got to find that, as you said, like that right moment for that thing to happen. And it's just really rare when it does. Yeah. Like, and I also, another word of advice for it is just don't give up just because you make a post and it doesn't get many likes or reactions. That doesn't mean that it wasn't good. That just means it just whoever's page it showed up on didn't find it funny because it doesn't show up on everyone's page. That's the one thing I found out when I started like making these posts. Your posts, just because you have 2,000, 3,000 friends on Facebook, it's not going to show up on all their posts or on all their uh, feeds. So mm-hmm. that's that's another reason why I share it because five mutual friends, maybe if I share it, one of the mutual friends can see my posts and then they'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now um, the next thing is the next thing we're going to talk about is how we met and just hit your perspective on it. I'm just going to give a brief overview of how it is because we'll talk about it more in depth. Um, on your pack podcast, which I'll explain to the audience in a little, oh, pardon me, uh, the audience in a little bit, my listeners in a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, what I remember my first, it, not interaction, the first time I saw you was for a backyard wrestling company in quotations, uh, backyard wrestling company, um, GCW, what? GC Dub for life. Yeah, yes, sir. GT Dub for life. But um, you were gonna introduce a Matt and introduce somebody. You were talking to somebody. I think you were talking to like Dom or something or somebody. And you were about to introduce somebody, and you start started to introduce him, but you noticed the mic wasn't working, and you got upset. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened with that is, I. It was last minute. I was just going because my buddies wrestled and yeah. came up to me and he told me, hey, you're going to be the ring announcer, which that's what I want to be. I want to be a ring announcer in pro wrestling or a commentator one day. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's get my start somewhere. And he goes, all right, we go live in three, two, one. And I got on the microphone and I said, ladies and gentlemen, we are here live. And then the mic cut out and I looked at Dom and I what do I do? And he goes, what do you mean? What do you do? And I said, what do I do? And he grabbed the <laughs> phone 
and he's spoken and spoken to it for like two words and it stopped working. And he said, ah, at the, we don't need a microphone here at GCW and tossed a microphone. And I think that was really all that I had as ring announcer. I did everything in GCW though. I was referee. I was commentator. Me and you did off and on commentary together. Like we switched off from being a referee to commentary every other match. Yeah, that wasn't that like the second last event, or was that the last? No, that was the second last event. Oh, don't even get me started on the last event. Everyone says I bailed out on them, but I had to see my great grandma, and they threw a they they threw a fit. But the the I think it was um whichever show that Ethan won the title at. So I think it was the second to last because I remember being on. No, I wasn't on commentary for that match or referee. I was in the crowd for that match. I was also in the crowd for the match. That pop was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you were, or no, I think it was the third to last show that we did all that because it was their like SummerSlam show. And then the second to last was their foundation, the Mania, and you were the referee for the TLC match that was bonkers. I botched one of the spots. I botched like two of the spots. <laughs> Put the belt on the loop. I know that much. And then, but oh no, I was the. I was also. I thought you were talking about the uh, no holds barred between Brady and Alex. Oh, that match also. You did. Yeah, I remember. You didn't really botch it. It was more so. It was just timing. Like Alex was just trying to like. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Alex was tapping your leg, and he was like, hey, give me the blade. And I was on commentary for that match, and I will never forget my the commentary partner was Sam Richardson, who's actually an independent wrestler. He kept on saying on commentary, and it looks, and it looks like Alex Rain is trying to get the attention of the referee, and he kept on yelling it louder and louder for you to hear. And I was just belly laughing. I couldn't even speak. I was, I, he had to go full Joey Styles for the rest of that match because I was cracking up at <laughs> he, he, he looks like the referee, or it looks like Alex Rain is trying to get a hold of the referee. Uh referee's trying to uh referee kept on yelling your ne- kept on yelling referee, and then you finally gave him the blade just for him to have a couple lines of blood. Oof, yeah, that was but that's what you yeah. get hard wrestling. You I mean, you either bleed the hard way or no way almost. <laughs> Yeah, and then after that, after we like, I saw you. I kind of went up to Corey and I said, "Hey, I want to help with this." And then we kind of interacted at the practices, and then we met up for the watch parties, and then we kind of, kind of grew closer, I guess, over social media and messaging. And that's basically, I would say, a little brief overview before we get into more detailed parts. But yeah. yeah, I just want to get your perspective of our, of our kind of relationship or, or how you first like were introduced to me and kind of that. I want to go into more detail from your perspective anyway. My, like, I don't, I have a horrible memory just because <laughs> I don't know why it, I just have selective memory, I guess. But I remember seeing you at a practice or a show once and then we like, it just kind of like grew into from GCW to just meeting up at houses to watch pay-per-views and then it like you said it just kind of grew into from just being pay-per-view watch parties to like a brotherhood of sorts where we just all like hang out separately sometimes we all hang out together sometimes we either like because i'm not gonna lie i haven't talked to some of the people in the clique or the brotherhood whatever we call it i haven't talked to most of them in a while i haven't hung out with them in a while but like at the end of the day they're all we're all still like one big pack mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I I mentioned earlier you had a podcast. It you call it a man and his podcast. Um. First off, describe it in your own words, and then after that, I want you to uh, discuss uh, why you wanted to do a podcast for so long. So, it's called a man and a podcast, and it's basically just me, a man, and a <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> The original idea for it was going to be strictly wrestling, but that's just oversaturated. So instead of just strictly wrestling, I'm going to kind of do like what what we're going to do later. And instead of having guests like co-hosts, so each guest is going to review a pay-per-view or do a top five list with me and then do like just a talk pretty much like just 
talk about our friendship, our relationship, all of that fun stuff. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to do this because I've had wrestling promoters, whenever I asked about commentary, they've always told me just promoters look for somebody that's doing some sort of broadcasting, rather it be podcasting or doing like uh, an, uh, what's a radio show, a radio show for their school or any of that sorts. And then just the last couple of weeks, I've just been on this mojo where I've just changed myself. I have a new wardrobe, new haircut, because everyone knows I went for a while with my shaggy hair. I looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo for a little while where I just had my <laughs> medium length hair. And then I just, I started this podcast just because I was tired of just pushing it off. Cause I push everything off almost like I have a YouTube channel out there that has like 50 subscribe, 50 subscribers, but no videos on the channel just cause I don't get onto that. But the podcast, I just, I don't know. It's just something I've always wanted to do. I've been talking mm-hmm. about this since I was in high school. I used to talk to my sports uh, athletic commissioner person at the school. I forgot their exact title, but I used to talk to him all the time about doing a sports podcast for the school and all of that. It's just something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mine's kind of similar. I've, for this podcast, it's always been like, I've noticed that I talk to myself a lot. And when I do talk to myself, I, um, I'm like, huh, I sound really smart. I like, I don't feel rushed. I don't feel like I I don't stumble over my words. I feel like my, I wish I just had some way for the whole world to hear my thoughts on certain things and what I feel about certain things. And just, and I've been told like, Hey, maybe you should like, I've been told by a friend of mine, Hey, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, okay and i push it off and i'm like okay i'm just gonna do it and that's what how i got here well and like you were you always asked me every time i bring up a youtube channel podcast all that you've always said you're gonna have a guest you're gonna have a guest and just that drive of you wanting to be a guest on it just showed that you had a drive to have a podcast Mm -hmm. that's where Mm -hmm. me and you are very similar like me and you just both love pro wrestling obviously and then I mean, you just both wanted to get this podcast. Yeah. I just had to let my cat in. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I'm going to move on to the next thing. This one's going to get a little personal, but not too personal. I just want to ask you, like, who who's influenced you, whether that be uh like career wise, like as you said, you wanted to go into the broadcasting thing. Um, personally, um, and who are your? After that, I want to talk about who your greatest heroes. This is man focusing on you. I'm not going to really say. Uh, well, this is my thing. I just want to ask who influenced you, whether it be uh, career wise or personally. So I have two influencers uh, for broadcast. <clears throat> sorry, broadcasting and all that. Jim Ross. I've always loved Jim Ross. When I go to bed, I turn on Attitude Era or early 90s WCW and I don't even watch the pay-per-views. I just listen to it and listen to JR. Just from mm-hmm. his just from his tone to his excitement to his up and downs all of it. And then for like life uh, my grandfather, he what's it called? He showed me how to be a man. He showed me that you can get through anything and mm-hmm. I that was me. So like him and JR are both like, everyone always asks if you could have like a one hour conversation with anybody in the real dead or alive, I always say either my grandfather or Jim Ross, just because I want to pick his brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. Um, since we are both wrestling fans, I want to talk about just wrestling in general um kind of how you started watching it um why you love it uh, and how it's influenced you um so basically it's been in my family like it's like a family thing my uh my grandpa on my dad's side used to watch it with my dad when he was a kid all the time wrestling at the chase nwa awa all of that and then i used to watch it with my dad and my uncles and all of that 
when they'd have it on because my uncle used to buy pay-per-views all the time so I used to watch it but for the longest time up until I was three like from one to three years old I was terrified of wrestling because of the the pyro I guess just like the characters like Kane and Undertaker used to terrify me and then one day like my first real wrestling memories are either John Cena's debut because I remember my uh, grandpa on my mom's side, he called me down to the basement because I lived with him. He called me down to the basement and he's like, hey, Drake, come down here. This man only has one leg. And I just remember watching Brock Lesnar murder Zach Goen. <laughs> like, that's like, that's literally my, one of my first memories. That and John Cena's ruthless aggression and just smacking Kurt Angle. Those are my two first for real memories. And <laughs> since I've been a kid, that's all I've done is what, like, I'll go to a party, and if I see somebody wearing a wrestling shirt, I'll make a conversation out of it. I'll be like, oh, Bullet Club t-shirt, huh? Who's your favorite young buck? Who's your favorite uh, person in AEW? And then it just spirals from there. And mm-hmm. I've also I've never, what's it called, watched anything, like binge-watched anything. But every Monday night, I was watching Raw. Every Friday night, Thursday night, whatever it was on, I was watching SmackDown. I was doing laundry a couple weeks ago, and I was just amazed by how many uh, wrestling shirts I have. Like, I, I counted over 20 or 30. That is, uh, it literally takes over my life almost. Like, I have <laughs> wrestling shirts. I have a ton of what you call posters and all of that. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, like – why why are you so drawn to it is it because like the violence is it because of the characters personally what draws to you what draw what what is wrestling what is what are you drawn about wrestling in general for the odd like your perspective as to why you're drawn to wrestling it's uh honestly some of the storytelling on it's amazing if you can find a good storyline or a good angle that's going on that gets you hooked that just intrigues me. Uh, a little bit of the violence, like that's athleticism of some of the wrestlers out there today, being able to do all those flips and dives and just the timing of stuff, all of it. I I don't really have a for real good answer on that, really. It's just, it's something I just watch, I guess. Like, I don't look at it as a sport or anything. I look at it as a uh, actual TV show. I call it uh, I call it a uh, violent theater actually. <laughs> somebody described it to me because at the end of the day, it's all staged, but it's violent. <laughs> yeah. Um, personally, why I love wrestling, it is like theater, and it's it's violent theater, as you described it, and as that other person put it. Um, it's these characters that you kind of grow with and you grow attached to and it's the genuine um emotion sometimes it can be drawn out of wrestlers because the greatest greatest wrestling personalities are often versions of um themselves like one part of themselves magnified by 11 as stone cold put it in some of the greatest promos of all time are genuine pieces of emotion like CM Punk's pipe bomb was frustration that he felt and, and what the fans felt. And sometimes a great promo can be what they're speaking. The only time it feels like somebody can like in in entertainment, the only time somebody can feels like they're speaking through you and they're using you, what you've been saying for so long and, put it and finally speak it into the world and your frustration, their, their frustrations can be like, or your frustrations also is their frustrations as well. And it's, it's a I would say cathartic to, to have that feeling. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, what's your favorite promo? My favorite promo. All time. Uh, How about that? Frick. Well, one that I keep watching, I remember watching over and over again and actually like memorizing from like from heart, like to heart memorizing. Um, That's really difficult, but it's got to be, I think 
Bray Wyatt's greatest promo, his the Miss Teacher Lady promo. I kind of know what you're talking about, yeah. The one, the reason why I've watched it so many times and I've just, remember, I, I don't know why. It's just the thing that really I love about it so much is that he's able to turn an audience that doesn't care and he literally holds them in the palm of his hand by the end. He literally turns them all around. And I think you can pinpoint an exact moment where everybody starts listening and um, and that's just a thing of beauty. And it really showed what Bray Wyatt could have been. And like it was like he's main event material. And he still is. It's just it showed what he could have been with that character. And that's, the, I think, the best, pro- my favorite promo. A close second is obviously the, the pipe bomb. And then followed by that is the... Uh, 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 the Dusty Roads. Um, hard times. Hard times. Hard time is number three. Oh yeah, uh, Cody definitely gets his promo skills from his father. Did you see his promo? Uh, right before one of their pay per views against it was him versus Jericho, and he just cut this beautiful masterpiece of a promo. And he's at the very end. He cut the line. He said the line of, uh, "I went from undesirable to undeniable." And like mm. that promo, I was watching Dynamite that night, and I literally remember checking my bank account, and I said, "All right, cool, fifty dollars down the drain. I'm going to order this pay per view now." Like a promo <laughs> can a promo can sell you on a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, it that's is. The, that's the yeah. and that's what like WWE is not good at doing it because all you have to do is nine ninety nine, and you get all these pay per views. I feel like if the paper if they didn't have the network, the pay per view business for them would just be atrocious. <laughs> I, hate, I, I hate to say it, but their pay per view sales would be down the drain. We wouldn't have watch parties, none of that. No, we wouldn't. Um, what about you? What is your favorite promo of all time? Obviously, uh, probably the um. Uh, John Cena ruthless aggression promo, his debut promo or whatever, just because that's my first memory. One of my first memories, just seeing that, and that will always stick in my brain. Uh, the pipe mm-hmm. bomb. I remember watching the pipe bomb whenever mm-hmm. it happened, and I remember I, it was back whenever I didn't know what was a work and what was a shoot, and I was yeah. like freaking out, calling my dad. I'm like, "Did you just see what CM Punk said? Can, can you believe that?" Can you believe that? And my dad's like, all right, Jake, time to chill out a little bit, man. Like, but those two for sure. And then, like you said, the hard times one, just because Dusty in general is probably one of the best talkers there is. Like, when it comes to speaking from the heart and making you just captivate it, when it comes to that type of promo style. Yeah. Don't Cold and The Rock are obviously up there, too, just for their one-liners and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I like Dusty Rhodes, again, is like going back to that thing I said where I felt like he, he was the man of the people and he could, he again, he was using, it felt like he was letting the public speak through him and like he understood what the public and what the main, I want to say, what, what basically what, like blue collar workers were going through yeah he understood um and that's very hard to to get when it comes to other media and again uh going back to why i love wrestling is that aspect of i think i already said it genuine emotion and you don't get that in any other thing but it's it's theater it's some of these, like, when, and you said, like, a great storyline when I, when I remember a quote from Max Landis is, when wrestling good, it's, it's pretty good. When, like, when wrestling is horrible, but when it's great, it's effing great. Yeah, that's, and, that's the thing about it. Like, a good match, or I mean, a horrible match can make somebody never want to turn on wrestling a day in their life again. But then a good match will make somebody want to tune in and just watch as much as they can. 
Um, it also really depends on the type of match, but I do agree that if like somebody sees something that's really good, they're like, huh, okay. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. And I might want to tune in more. Yeah. As you said. Um, and how has wrestling influenced you? It's, uh, made me more, um, with myself, I guess, is a good way to explain it. Like, I'm a very shy person until I get to know you, which I know you don't know because from the get-go, you've met me. You've known I'm a wild person. I speak out just randomly. I have no filter. But whenever I'm around people, I don't really know. I'm just shy. But whenever I'm at a wrestling show, I catch myself just drifting off from like my friend that I went with. And I would just talk to people. I've some of my like, some of my favorite people I've met through wrestling or because of wrestling, mm-hmm. and it 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 just helps me. What's it called? Feel comfortable, like yeah. being my guest. Hmm. Hmm. Um. You. I. You went into greater detail about this, but if you were to go into wrestling, where specifically would you go? I remember like, you said com- commentator or announcer. Like what promotion? No, like just what's your route in the business? Like, would you be a wrestler? Would you be an announcer? Would you be a referee? Just along those lines, what would be your possible routes in the business? So, like, so my top three I want to be are backstage interviewer, um, backstage interviewer, a manager, or a commentator the reason for the manager part though is because i feel like i would be just a great heel just because you know me i'm a smart ass i could get under people's skin so easily i will Mm -hmm. i I would just irritate people and i know i'd be good at it but like the backstage interviewer part just because i don't know i just it's hard to explain like i'm not sure it's just i want to let people hear my voice because I feel like I have good emotion in my voice and mm. then commentary it's just because I love wrestling and any chance I can watch wrestling I'll do <laughs> um yeah it's just it's basically would you just be yourself but like vocalizing your thoughts yes if I was a manager or if you were a commentator oh if I was a commentator Oh yeah, I would. I wouldn't necessarily critique the match or bury or put over people, but I would like. I feel like I would give out good raw emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a commentator needs. Like for example, um, like Mauro Ronaldo or Jr. When he's at his best, or when Jr. is at his best, or um, Jr. is at his best, or like no, I already said Jr. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo is at his best. They're just, they're just so into it and you can tell they're so into it. And when that, when they're so into it and they love what they're doing, it just enhances the mat, the viewing as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Like my favorite uh, call of all time is the mankind undertaker match. Hell in a cell match where he tossed mankind off the cell and Jr. yelled out, That's- God is my witness. That man is broken in half. Stop the damn match. He has a family. By God, oh my! Just that, those like twenty seconds are. This gives me goosebumps anytime I watch that. Mm-hmm. Just that little like from the time of Mick Foley falling from the cell to the ground, the Jr. Just absolutely freaking out, just going nuts. I love that. Or uh, when, like you said, Mario Ronaldo, whenever there's a good match going on and he just starts like they NXT and WWE, they put out videos of the commentary desk of Mario just or Mario, not Mario, Mario just jumping up out of his seat and like getting into it. And he starts getting a, uh, starts working up a sweat from a good match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, if, where if you're just like, oh, clothesline, clothesline. Super kick. Oh, superplex. Like, that just doesn't get you interested in a match, whereas the commentator is going nuts, and you can feel it through the TV. You just... It gives you a feeling. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they can like good commentary can make or break a a match. Yeah, I was. We're gonna talk about it on your podcast. I was listening to WrestleMania 27's commentary. I'm like, these guys aren't good. Like, uh, that, I don't think any of that pay per view was good. Like, that was a drag. Really, I I I'm getting to. There's some uh, there's some matches. Uh, there was one match in particular that I really liked though. Yeah, we'll get into that on my podcast, but whew. Um, <laughs> now we're gonna continue with the wrestling theme. Um, we're just gonna stick with two things wrestling related. Um, uh, what do you think is the best WrestleMania, in your humble opinion? Twenty-one. Really? Twenty. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. I don't know if it's because it was one of my first. WrestleManias I remember watching as a kid or if it's I it was a pinnacle or not a pinnacle it was the start of like that era because we had Edge win the money in the bank which led to his amazing run over the years we had Cena and Batista winning the top titles of the company we had Eddie and Ray having a killer opener it's just I don't know, man. That pay-per-view was just amazing to me. Like, when I got the network in 2014, that's the first pay-per-view I turned on. WrestleMania 21 turned it on right away. Like, that's my favorite mania. And, like, the matches aren't all spectacular, but it's just all about, like, it set up the future or, like, set up, like, the eventual future for WWE. Like, without WrestleMania 21, without the results of WrestleMania 21, we wouldn't have Cena Nation we wouldn't have had Edge being the ultimate opportunist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, that's what made Batista one of the top faces in the company. And I think that's what truly made him, like, the legend he is now. That's what led to him being now. And the same thing with Cena and and um, just uh, some other thing. And, like, again, it was Edge. And just, as you said, it was, like, build up to that um, but like objectively like other than nostalgia like this match is awesome this match is awesome this match is good but it's still like do you still stand by like objectively that Wrestlemania 21 is the best or do you think there's one better objectively from what you've seen um for the ones that I've seen I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I haven't seen a lot of WrestleManias. Like a lot of a lot of people always ask me what my opinion on WrestleMania 17 is. And if I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember half the matches on that card. I think WrestleMania 17, that was the TLC match, TLC two or something, that was good. But like I didn't start watching pay-per-views on a regular basis until 2006, 2007. I used to get like a pay-per-view a year. But even then I would never get mania just because Back then, they cost $65, $75. But I think the one that I've seen live that I enjoy the most, WrestleMania, is 30. Mm. Mm. And I think that might just be because that was one of my first manias watching uh, to my memory, I guess you could say. Like, as a young adult teenager... Mm-hmm. What about you? That's not fair. Um, <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting this to be turned on me. Um, as an experience, just watching together, even though we didn't pay attention to like half of it, just WrestleMania 34 at my house was an was. <laughs> was one of my favorite experiences. <laughs> I that paper a wrestling pay-per-view. That pay-per-view was long if I remember because I remember by the end of it uh Danny fell asleep in a chair. Alex grabbed a pillow and a blanket and slept on your floor and said wake me up when it's over. Nick fell asleep. Austin fell asleep, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was just like me, you and like half of Danny because Danny was like half awake for it watched the main event but that was a that was a very fun pay-per-view because that was like ricochet and alistair black made their mania debuts if i remember correctly that was the one in new york right 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because this year was 35, I think. 36. 36? Yeah. So where was 30? 35 was last year. Was where? It was last year. It was 35 was... um... Oh, wait, no. 35 was 35 in New York? Yeah, 35 was in New York, and then 34 was... um... New Orleans. New Orleans Part 2. That was the one... I'm not sure if you were there. You might have been, but we watched at Pressy's house, and that was another one where we didn't watch the pay-per-view. I mean, per usual, though. I don't think we ever watched I think we just mainly have it on as background noise and just go nuts. I mean, the closest... What what was the closest pay-per-view we, like, watched? Um, Probably one of the first ones that we had to watch parties. Like, I remember... We started all, like, me, you, Pressy, Alex, Nick, and Danny. I remember, like, 2017, I think, SummerSlam was one of our first, or something along those lines. Mm. Did we watch the Royal Rumble together? Did we all pay attention to the Royal Rumble, or did we just mess around? This year? It was uh, when uh, Shinsuke, it was the first, the first women's one, and it was Shinsuke Nakamura where he won. That was at Austin's house also, and I don't, I don't remember if we watched it. I'm not sure. I think the last one that we, for real, watched though was like probably tail end of 2017. It was Survivor Series, wasn't it? It was the first where it was SmackDown versus Raw, where Brock versus AJ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense where we paid attention to it. Because I remember we were, like, thinking that Brock was for real injured, even though he wasn't. He was just selling. And he I knew that. Him. Everybody thought he was for, for real injured. I'm like, you know, he's a really great seller. You guys just don't give him credit. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that Survivor Series was the last one we for real watched. And then we just used the rest as an excuse to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Um... Sticking with the wrestling theme, what is your favorite match, WWE or otherwise? Like, and otherwise, it could be like favorite match from WWE and then favorite match from like NJPW and AEW and, um, wow, or in general. And I know um, that's a broad topic. I'm trying to think really what my favorite match is. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to say Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa at NXT Portland this last couple months ago because it wasn't like a watch party, but like Austin and Alex were over at my house. And I just remember we all three were just jumping up off the couch for every near fall and all of that. And that was like the last time I remember being intrigued by a match. Mm-hmm. But that was also like one of the last matches before the road got put on hold. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think, uh, favorite match of all time. Oof, that's really like a hard, hard, hard topic. I'm gonna have to say, I I can't even think of what to say. I really have zero clue because like I have like I don't have a favorite. I have like a top, like a. Not even a top five, but just a jumble of yeah. Like I, I can just name off matches that I've enjoyed, like Punk versus Cena at Money in the Bank, Punk versus Cena at um the Raw before Rumble where they did the pile driver and they got fined. Um, <laughs> Undertaker versus Mankind in the Hell in a Cell just for the just what it did for pro wrestling in the Attitude Era. Um, Cedric Alexander versus Kota Bushi in the Cruiserweight mm-hmm. Classic. That was a that was a killer match. But I don't really have like one dead set favorite. Um, do you have a favorite match for like New Japan and and like AEW? I don't, I don't watch much New Japan. 
uh, favorite AEW match is either Young Bucks versus Hangman and uh, Kenny Omega or Cody versus Dustin at Double or Nothing. Hmm. And then the Hangman versus or Hangman and um, Kenny versus Young Bucks, that was at Revolution. Yep, Revolution. Those are my two favorite AEW matches. Um, you the only you haven't seen much PWG. The only PWG you've seen was the bowl I sent you, right? I watched some PWG. I have some. I have a High Spots network that has like most of PWG's catalog, but I don't watch it because mm-hmm. I'm real bad at watching stuff unless I'm going to bed I guess because other than that I just I'm just wired and I'm always on my phone or gotcha um okay huh um so next topic uh, I've sorry if these these transitions are a little awkward but um Next topic is, I think I already know the answer to this, but TV shows or movies and why? TV show? Favorite TV show? No, just TV. Like, which would you prefer to sit down? Like, I'm going to watch a TV show or I'm going to watch a movie? Um, wow. <laughs> right now, I've been in a movie phase. Like, really? If I, can, if I can sit down and watch a good movie and it keeps me captivated and keeps me intrigued. I I've been in the movies lately, but mm-hmm. I only watch them here and there. But usually it's TV shows really. Mhm. Especially mm-hmm. the ones that you don't have to follow, like where I can just turn on and go to bed and watch and then wake up and not miss anything because there's no storyline. Uh, oh. So is that why you're like drawn to like The Office because yeah. it's a, or like um uh, Parks. Do you watch Parks and Rec? Are you more of a? No, no. So is that why you're really drawn to the audience, not the audience, the office, because of that exact reason? Yeah, I'm drawn to sitcoms more than anything because you don't have to follow anything. You don't have to get under. You really only have to watch the pilot and then be set. Where on um, some shows you have to like watch every single second of every single episode to understand. Mm-hmm. But like one of the shows that I've just finished watching that like for the first time in a while, I binge watched and couldn't wait to finish because it was so good. was all American. Mm-hmm. I watched yeah. that and I, I, it was two 12 season or two 15, two 15 episode seasons. And I think I finished it and each episode is like 40 minutes. I think I finished that in two days, which is like record. Because huh. that's 30 hours in two days. <laughs> so I'm not really familiar with All American. Could you explain it in your own words? The grassy meets Friday Night Lights. That's how I explain it. It's Friday Night Lights meets the grassy. It's just about football players and high schoolers and drama and mm-hmm. with a little bit of gang violence, which is weird. But I'm not going <laughs> to in depth because I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything mm-hmm. um, but it's a real good show it's it's um, like a young adult soap opera I could call it <laughs> oh no <laughs> only, uh, be- only better you're not going to find it on daytime TV um, what what was what were you drawn so much like what drew you to it I think because I'm around the kids' ages in the TV show that I could relate to it. Uh-huh. Just because they're going through stuff. Not going through stuff, but they're, like, dealing with stuff that people our age deal with. Like, such as young alcoholism, young, like, drug addiction, young mm. uh, relationship issues, that type of stuff. Yeah. With- it's like they're all around our age because it shows about like senior or juniors and seniors in high school. And that's right, right up before where we are in my, where I am in my life. 
Yeah. So it was more relatable than some of these older, like, adult shows, or older adult shows, I could say. I should say. Yeah. I just, it was just really, like, every episode left you on, like, a cliffhanger of, oh, wow, can't wait for the next episode. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you're up and it's seven in the morning and your dad's getting up for work and you're like, oh, hey, good morning, dad. I'm going to bed now. And <laughs> <laughs> those two, two or three days that happened a lot. I'd be up. He'd walk in my room. He'd be like, oh, good morning, Jake. And I'd look at him and I'd be like, oh, no, good night. I'm going to bed. Now. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's 730 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm more of a movie person but i watched um two tv shows this year and i'm like oh i see why people are um i watched the great on hulu and um i'm like oh so this is why this is why people love tv shows so much and um i remember watching a video about kelly murphy talking about his uh roles that he's played his famous characters and he talked about Peaky Blinders. Have you watched Peaky Blinders? I haven't. I want to, though. Hello? Uh, hmm? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It was just like you were silent for a second. <laughs> yeah, I think I clicked a button that muted the mic on accident. I just got this phone and I guess I clicked mm-hmm. something. Uh, what show are you talking about, though? Peaky Blinders? Peaky Blinders? Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about that show, but like I said, I'm more of a sitcom guy, so... Mm-hmm. From my understanding, that show's more of a storyline-based show where you have to actually watch it, not just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also like a drama, too, so... <laughs> yeah, I like it's some like dramas. Drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like some dramas. Just like because All Americans a drama show, mm-hmm. but like I said, that it's more relatable to me because I'm a young adult, just got out of high school not too long ago. I understand what it is to deal with relationship issues and just school issues and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more of a movies person though because. Well, I want something more di- like digest. I guess not digestible, but I feel like I get a full. It feels a bit more impress, a little bit more impressive to me when they can compound a brilliant story in maybe two hours or less, or something. Sometimes three hours, um, but it just—it's just impressive to me, and I get to see uh, amazing performances in one go and I like watching things in one go. Yeah. And I don't like putting things up. But yeah, that's why I'm more of a movie guy and I understand why people are TV people. And yeah. Um the next thing is did you watch a lot of movies from last year? A lot of, a lot of films from last year or just like here and there? I'm not gonna lie, the only movie I watched last year was when me, you and Danny went to see Oh um not the Joker. <laughs> Not the Joker. Somebody didn't pick me up for that one. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I was going to. Uh, no, I'm just busting your chops. Um, what's it called? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's literally the only movie I watched from last year. Oof. Because I don't watch many movies. Like I said, like unless I go to the movie theater, I, I it's very hard for me to watch a movie. But like, yeah. like I don't know. But that was that was a good movie from my remembrance. I, I'm just not a fan of uh, slow movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. I remember you and Danny telling me, you're like, oh, yeah, you might like this. And then as we left, you were like, you told me, you or Danny told me, you're like, yeah, so here's a list of movies not to watch if that one wasn't your type. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't expect it to be so slow. I'm like, this is Quentin Tarantino. He's very violent and he's also very funny. It was like, it was violent, but it, and it was funny, but it wasn't like super. It was like considered one of his slower movies. Yeah, and I'm like, the movie was fun to watch. It was just, 
I'm picky when it comes to movies. Um, if you want something more your style, I, I, it's this is a bit underrated, but it's a bit underrated movie. Um, thank you for smoking. Um, it's really funny. It's really funny. I've talked about it previously on this podcast. It's got Aaron Eckhart in it. It's got some actors you might recognize. Um, it's really, as I said before, it's really funny. Um, and it's really dark. <laughs> it's not like super, it's just like, it's humor is dark. It just, it's just so nonchalant about um, what, it's, what it's about. So Thank You for Smoking is about this tobacco lobbyist. It's from the perspective of a tobacco lobbyist, and he's trying to defend smoking. And obviously, like, it should be a, cl- a closing shut. And the main antagonist, the main bad guy, is this Democrat uh, who's trying to put poison labels on smoking. And it should be an open and shut case that, like, hey, smoking's bad. And he knows it's bad. But um, it just I, – I won't go into more detail, but I, I think you'd re- – it's really clever. It's really clever, and it's kind of fast-paced, but it shows the beauty of, like, the argument, and I, I, love, the, I love the movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Um, I would say watch the trailer to see if it, you're interested or some kind, and there's also, like, an edit. Like, there's a whole video about it. Um, okay. Yeah, well, that kind of threw the favorite movie of 2019 topic out the window. <laughs> That's my bad. I... Movies are just, like I said, not my mojo, so. And then, um, so for my final topic, I put sports ball stuff because I'm trying to think. I'm like, we'll talk about sports, but then I'm like, I don't know what we can talk about. I guess the only thing we really could talk about is um. How do you feel like sports will come out at the end of this whole pandemic and how did sports are going to be stronger than ever after when they return, like the first MLB game or first NBA game or NFL game, whichever sports first to broadcast, those ratings are going to be amazing because we've gone what since March without sports besides the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But I don't, think that counts uh but no i'm i think sports are going to come back stronger than ever from this because a lot of the athletes are hungry to just because like the mlb season that didn't even start so like all these players they didn't get to play yet this season so they're just going to come out and just do amazing mm-hmm. and then like the nba and nhl those are going to start and it's going to be like a couple a couple weeks uh, see where you place in the playoffs and those are just going to be th- those are going to like people are going to be playing hard in those games like you're going to get the best out of everybody these upcoming weeks or upcoming months whatever yeah um yeah I think that'll be it for this episode thank you for so much for joining me Jake um I really enjoyed this. I'm excited for your episode and to join you on your podcast. Please check his podcast out. Is a man in a pot is man in a podcast or man in his podcast? Um, Just making sure it's a man in his podcast. And I have a Facebook page. I have I have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, a YouTube channel, and <laughs> yeah, I marketed the hell out of this one. Uh, <laughs> It's where you you can listen to most podcasts at. I'm not sure where it's all at right now. And then I'm actually trying to venture out and putting clips of it out on TikTok. So really, yeah, it's so like my first little trailer episode I uh, turned into a video, and it's just uh, dialogue. Pretty much, it just has the dialogue pop up on the screen. And nice. say what? I said nice. Yeah. So it's a one minute episode. I just posted that episode on TikTok. And then I have the first episode on YouTube. The first episode's up on Spotify. I'm just you can find me pretty much anywhere. And like Twitter and the Facebook the Twitter account and the Facebook page are mainly where you'll find uh news about my podcast and where you can suggest certain topics 
and guests even. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me, Jake. Can't wait to talk to you on yours. No. I'll see you later. Hmm? No problem. You're about to see something. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Well, uh, so uh, cut cut short for some godforsaken reason. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Michael's Office. Thank you so much for joining me. And please step out of my office and have a nice night.